Today is Friday, June 19th, 2020, the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus, and you are tuned in to Deacon's Discussions and Drinks. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to all the listeners as we can safely acknowledge that we made it to the end of another week. By my calculation, it's week 14 during the global pandemic of 2020. I'm Deacon Tim Stout. I'm Deacon Dallas Kelly. I'm Father And in the studio with us tonight at Cardone, we have a longtime parishioner, Mr. Dan Elliott. Welcome to the studio, Dan. Good evening, all. Good to have you here. As, as uh, as we mentioned last week, Dan's uh, responsible for the RCIA program and been a long-time parishioner. How long? Since 1988. That's a long time. How many years is that? Somebody do a quick cal- calculation. 32 years? 30, 32 years. 32 years. That's a long time. And, you know, and, and St. Francis and John has changed a lot since Dan's been here, obviously, and since even I've been here in Dallas and even Father Lynn, so... Uh, this podcast and corresponding video is a production of that parish, St. Francis and John Catholic Parish. We're a small rural parish that can use your support as we continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please go to ssfj.org to support our mission. That's ssfj.org to support our mission. All right. My favorite part of the episode. And Dan, you can jump in here. This is we. This is kind of like an icebreaker for us because we like to talk about current events to kind of get the conversation, or as we like to call it, the discussion going. So, who wants to go first? You ready, Dallas? Sure, I'll go. He's been good. And like we just you mentioned at the beginning of, <laughs> we just mentioned at the beginning. Today is the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus, and it's back to back solemnities. Uh, we uh, Friday and Saturday are the most sacred heart of Jesus in the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The best of all places for them to be celebrated is right where they are, next to each other. Why? Sister Lucia why? Tell us why. of Fatima gives one excellent reason. She heard from Jesus himself. In a pathway under the gaze of Mary, we learn that L- Lucia wrote to her confessor in 1936 telling him that she asked the Lord why he did not convert Russia himself without the Holy Father making the consecration to his mother's immaculate heart. Our Lord answered, because I want my whole church to acknowledge this consecration as a triumph of the immaculate heart of Mary in order to later extend and to place devotion to this immaculate heart alongside the devotion of my sacred heart. Can that fall on a Sunday? Is that allowed to fall on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. So we would celebrate it, but we're not. You can bump. So, what do you think about that? Back to back, you can't beat that. How often does that happen in the calendar? 
two non-Sunday. Anybody? Two. Anybody? Dan, you can jump in if you know the answer. <laughs> I don't think it does. Huh. Two, I, I two non- can't remember one. Two non-Sunday celebrations where it's, hey, we have two readings. Well, technically it's not allowed to celebrate on Sunday because it's said the Sacred Heart of Jesus is always the second Friday after Pentecost. It's a Friday. It has to be on a Friday. It has to be on Friday. So it can never be on a Sunday. It cannot be on Sunday. Unless a parish carries the name Sacred Heart, then they will have, for the celebration, they might be able to move that on Sunday for that purpose. But interesting. So tomorrow at the Spanish Mass, you'll need two readers. <laughs> well, today. You mean today. Oh, today. I'm sorry. <laughs> today, I'm sorry. Today's, it's already happened. Today's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We are taping this in advance. So if we get our days mixed up, it's Dallas's fault. <laughs> hey, so my current event, I, I was uh, trolling on Twitter earlier this week, and I, I ran across a tweet that got retweeted a bunch of times by a bunch of Catholic people that I follow, and it's a good news again compared to last year's same period, first four months of 2020, birth rate has increased 5.5%, fertility rate has increased 5.7%, and over one and a half times more marriages were concluded. I was like, wow, that's awesome, that's great. It wasn't in America. (laughs) It was in Hungary. So... You know, I got excited, but hey, that, and they say that is the direct, this was actually the health minister that was tweeting that, which I found to be kind of ironic because the health minister was excited about that, which I don't think that would happen in America for some reason. Uh, But uh, they attributed it to COVID-19. So people spend more time together. Go figure. (laughs) But they never talk about the, but if it was the no. birth, but you said the birth rate is up. Yeah, birth rate up. But that wouldn't have been it when they true. wouldn't they have, would have conceived before the COVID nineteen. That's true. <laughs> Fertility rate five point seven. That's a lot though. Five percent movements on those those numbers. That's a lot. That's a big thing. So, you got anything over there, Padre? Actually, took. I was talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. See, I was trying to save save you, but <laughs> didn't work out. Okay. It falls on the 19 days after the Pentecost on a Friday. The earliest possible date is May 29th, as in 1818, and 2285. We all be dead by then, right? I hope so. The latest possible date is July the 2nd, as in 1943 and 2038. The devotion to the Sacred Heart is one of the most widely practiced and well-known Catholic devotion. Take Jesus' physical heart as the representation of divine love for humanity. Probably one of the most common art forms, too, right? Yep. I mean, it's very beautiful. I've got that picture. Uh, you know, I told you I bought me a new trailer to haul around my... And it's got that ramp that folds up, and I bought a license place that I... Put on the back of that ramp for everybody as you're driving. People can't help but not see the sacred heart of, sacred heart of Jesus. Wow. Got a lot of saint behind this. What do you think about that? Guy's got a trailer with the sacred heart of Jesus on the back. 
Uh, da- Dallas is a very unusual and devout individual. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. We all have our quirks. That's one of the things I think I found out on this little endeavor we're on for the last 12 weeks. We, we all have our, our little bit of issues. Dan, how about you? You got any uh, current events you want to share with us? Uh, only that uh, Saturday we're going to be receiving three, possibly five people into the church. Uh, that'll include uh, perhaps four baptisms, certainly five confirmations, and then five individuals will be receiving their first communion. Yeah, I'm very so, excited about that. I'm, they, they, they seem very excited as well. They are. They wait long enough, right? They've been uh, very patient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the whole postponement of that. It's just kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's the first time that's ever happened, right? I mean, mm-hmm. really, ever. So, historic. For us. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that. You're not? Well, yeah, the RCIA has only really been around since about 1970. So, uh, well, it hasn't happened since 1970. Yeah, that, that? that's a little bit <laughs> that's a little bit more accurate. So. Okay, well, so it's the first time in our lifetimes, maybe. I mean, I was only two in 1970. You guys probably weren't even born yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. I think Father was probably two in 1972. So, so our CIA obviously. Uh, it's been a, been what two months now since that. Post-board? So the, has this been the longest RCIA uh, program since you st- uh, took over? Uh, it's been the longest one that I'm aware of. So, <laughs> wow. And so we've got uh, baptisms and confirmation. You're unsure about the numbers, that because some people, I guess, may opt not not to to do to do it. We'll or, have to ask Father about that. But uh, but that's what it. I mean, if we're getting it into like. you know un, you know, and if you're unsure. You shouldn't come in, all right? I, I'm not sure that these individuals are unsure, but they come from a, a family situation that is a, a slightly irregular in, in terms of the decision that they're trying to make. Well, for us, you know, with this COVID-19, when we decide to do go ahead and receive all these people in, we literally have two weeks, and everybody say, okay, we can do it, and we did it. Just like, you know, we're going to have confirmation with Bishop John with his July the 5th. I have a conversation with him, what, four days ago? And I say, well, if I get everybody agree on that day, that which you are available, would that be okay? Okay, let's try that. And everybody is available. So this whole thing is <laughs> hit and run uh, to do our best to accommodate everything we can, especially with the schedule. So... Well, they're committed then, right? I mean, that's one way to look at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been at it for a long time, and they haven't walked away, right? Yeah, they're very committed. Very committed. Very good, committed. good people. Yes. And uh, I think I've, I was I went to a couple sessions there um, early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's grown quite a bit since then. then. So that's good. <clears throat> I'm excited about it. How's this compared to all, all the other RCI classes that you've had? Because you've had... Twelve or thirteen now that you've kind of yeah. shepherded into the into the church, I guess is uh, maybe a good word to say that. One year we had twenty seven, um, and that included individuals who were being only confirmed. There were a number of them, but but those who went through the Easter vigil process 
We're 27 in number. This actually is the smallest group that we've we've ever shepherded through the the RCIA process. But but it's. Do you blame that on COVID, or do you just blame uh, that on just just it just happened this year? Anyway? It, it was just one of those things. That's the way the spirit moves. Absolutely, can't force it, right? Right, Dallas, can't Absolutely. force it. <laughs> so you'll have a. I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call it a quasi Easter vigil, but you'll have a an odd <laughs> entry into the church, right? It'll be different. Yeah, it's it's different in one sense. It's not a vigil celebration, but the 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 sacrament is still is a sacrament. Absolutely. Right? I I saw uh, also on Twitter just yesterday the diocese of Nashville uh, just celebrated their chrism mass. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, invitation only, and they showed a. They got quite a large cathedral down there. It's kind of a stadium style seating, and it was weird seeing all the clergy six feet apart, just spaced throughout this huge cathedral. But uh, yeah, so everything's kind of been upset in through the Easter season, and I wish I could make it Saturday. I would love to be there. So you, we all we need an extra deacon. <laughs> Well, if I can pull it off, you know I'll pull it off. <laughs> I, I don't like to say no, that's for sure. Would we wear white or would we wear green? White. Okay, white. Yes. Okay, good, good. I have a very interesting question. Well, you, it's ordinary time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so. But Easter celebration. I get it. I get it. You know. <laughs> so do we go back and use the Easter readings for that night? Yeah. <laughs> All seven of them? Yeah. I don't think so. No. You don't think they they need to hear the history, the salvation history? They they do need to hear that, but I can guarantee that they have heard that in the in the last ten months. I'm sure they have. What's unique about this class, Dave? What stands out? The the, the size for one. Yeah. We we're we're used to having people uh, in greater numbers. Um, Scrutinies didn't happen, right? We did it. We did have we one, one, one scrutiny. We got one scrutiny, <clears throat> which apparently that was all we needed. Um, so I think we got all of the all of the rights in that we needed to get in. Uh, there are some that we do on a retreat on Holy Saturday that we didn't get done, but which are not essential to to entry into the church. Right. Um, they are useful in spiritual growth, and we've tried to take care of that in other ways so are you excited father lynn for this little challenge i mean i mean because obviously easter vigil for us as clergy is you know we love it (laughs) you know and all its longevity it's the best night of the year but i'm excited because for the people you know that they i met with them and clearly you can see the the desire and they waiting for this, and it's a very powerful how much they hunger for the Eucharist. You know, I, I, I cannot emphasize that enough. You know, Deacon Dallas, you give a kick-ass homily, and which I will use for the video coming up to promote, you know, our Mass. And then we have, we have people just forgot about how significant, and when these three people told me about their, their hunger for it, and say, wow. Yeah, I mean it, it. You know, for me, I'm just I'm processing this because I just heard it. I heard it yesterday, last night for the first time. But still, just trying to process the whole 
the whole process, <laughs> you know, the change in the process. And for me, I think, you know, not, not meeting them through the process, right? In the church, not, not the seeing them in the dismissal, not seeing them in the scrutinies, not, you know, it's not a great way to come to know somebody, but that's how the church comes to know the people coming into, into exactly. and, you know, I, that's unfortunate for us and it's unfortunate for them as well. So we need to figure out how maybe how to do that once we get some of these restrictions lifted. Yep. That's an important community is obviously an important part of it. Obviously we're limited as to the number of people we can have on Saturday. Uh, but uh, Bishop John displayed a very strong Catholic sensibility when he said that um, their entry into the church needs to be done on a communal basis. So, so we can have 40 or so people there and, and uh, we we will good, and good. we'll have back to back first communicants Saturday night and then Sunday at Miss Burns class. That's true. Second graders coming in. Yeah, um, this is off off topic a little bit, but y'all should have told me about first communion before I did my homily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you got a day to change. It. I, I I worked in first communion. I say it twice. <laughs> so I worked it in. <laughs> but, you know, I'm preaching on the gospel, which is good enough for First Communion. Right? Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> Remember, it's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. If we can get that part of it, you know, locked into the, to the adults, teenagers, right? There's some younger folks, too, coming in. Or are they all adults? Yeah, I think a uh, couple of them are... 18 mm-hmm. is that right young adults yeah so and then the kids obviously if we can if we can just get them to listen to the gospel this weekend that'd be that's a good that's a good thing good way to start yep so good gospel not gonna not gonna tell y'all what i'm preaching about <laughs> sorry well now i gotta come exactly <laughs> or you gotta tune in you know you you have options um, if everything goes goes good we should have a good broadcast on Sunday. So it looks like the weather's going to hold out for us. Not praise, pray to God. I was going to say knock wood. That's a that's an English superstition. Um, so Dan, let's talk a little bit about you and your life okay. because uh, you're you're from the same hometown that Dallas and I are from, right? Right. Uh, that's. I'm, I'm not sure that's a recommendation or, <laughs> or anything, but. So you're you're from Louisville. Where'd, yes. where'd you grow up at in Louisville? Uh, was born in the West End. Uh, was baptized uh, at St. Benedict Parish. St. Benedict doesn't exist anymore. It was down at 34th and Osage, something like that. So deep, deep in the heart of the West End. <laughs> that's that's and pretty far west. My, my family comes from the West End, but... When I was seven years old, we moved to Jeffersonville, Indiana. Oh, Hoosier. And, Across the uh, river. I, I'm not a Hoosier. Uh, <laughs> you, sh- you sure you want to think about that for a no, little bit, or you I don't want to claim I, that? I don't have to. Okay. <laughs> um, oddly enough, eh, maybe it's not odd, but uh, my home parish in southern Indiana was Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the Sacred Heart occupies a, a, sp- a special place in my spiritual imagination. See how the Holy Spirit works. I mean, what are the odds that we have somebody on on the feast day of his home parish? Um, I mean, is that not the Holy Spirit working? 
<laughs> probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> so you lived in Jeffersonville. Yes. Then, then what happened? Because I know you came across the river to go to high school. I went to uh, St. Xavier High School. Um, oh, you might want to. Six feet is not enough between <laughs> these two guys. Hold on a second. Let me see if I got a. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, let's see if I got it. Any sound effects? Oh, I got <laughs> Saint Xavier. <laughs> you know, we had Doctor Reinhardt on a few weeks ago. I and, saw that. Uh, yeah, and you might have got mentioned in that on that that broadcast because we did mention that you you graduated from Saint X. So it's not yeah, a bad school. Yeah. I really like it. Uh, it. It is a good school. It is, and uh, and I, I can say without fear of contradiction, it's a far better school than Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. Well, I just, you know, one of the things I've learned in the last five years is that it depends on how you define each of those words. Like, better. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'll but, let you define it any way you want. Thanks, it, in, in retrospect, um, it, as I've grown in maybe wisdom, I've, I've come to see that in as much as either school Teaches love of Jesus. They're great. They're both great schools. They are. They're, so. they're really good, great schools. Um, he grew up further west than you did, man. Because you know Dallas yeah, I, is from. Well, I mean, mine wasn't considered the west. west then. Yeah. It was south, actually the south, south end, yeah. Iroquois Park area. Have you ever heard of that church, Saint Benedict? No. no. And Thirty Fourth and Osage. That's uh, that's way down there. That is way down there. It is. Yeah. Um, so, which wasn't uncommon, right? I mean, you know, that's it was a, a very vibrant community at one point. And, in, uh, in the fifties and early sixties, uh, the Catholic community in the West End of Louisville was quite strong. Strong, and that just slowly over time migrated, migrated east. Yep. So, so you went to Saint X, and then what happened? Went to Center College uh, in Danville, and uh, when I got out of Center, not quite sure what to do. Oh, you turned liberal, huh? What did you major in? No, if he went no, to center, he was no, a liberal. That's what, yeah, uh, go to center. That's what happened. I, <laughs> I, I can't say that. Dan, what did you major in? Uh, history and English. So um, so with a history and English degree, I started working with horses. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent 20, 25 years in the horse business um, wow. and, and gradually grew out of it. It was a... That's a hard business. Uh, it is, but it, it it can be very fulfilling. Sure, working with horses was exceptional. They don't uh, back. They don't talk back to you. Either, they do they? they don't. Working with the people who are involved in horses was an entirely was different matter. <laughs> I mean, what did you do? I mean, what did you do with horses? <laughs> Ultimately, I was in farm management. So, um, in Lexington area. So that's how you got to yeah. this area. Yeah. So, I mean, we talking breeding and all that stuff. You was involved in all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the horse horse sales and auctions and stuff, all of those things. Yeah, I mean it's not a. I mean, the horse business in itself. If you're on a farm, it's not a big business. I mean, it's not like you have all these people doing all these different things. If you're on the if you're on the farm, you're on the farm. You're you're touching everything, right? Depends on the farm. <laughs> okay. So you're not uh, going to tell us which farm you worked on, are you? I I don't think that would be appropriate, and it no longer exists. Okay, so. well that's fine. I was gonna, you know, I was wondering if you were to say like, which, uh, what the Hancock, what's the one they own? That would be Claiborne. Claiborne Farms, yeah. Was but, it Claiborne? Farms? No, it was not. Although I 
Went to Claiborne Farm on a number of occasions. The lady in our office uh, worked at Claiborne Farms for a long time, and uh, one of the guys, uh, trying to think what his name is, uh, he was the CFO at Claiborne Farms for a long time. He was instrumental when we moved up here to, uh, his wife was a real estate agent, and uh, got us our house, bought us, helped us buy our first house. So, mm-hmm. uh, Claiborne Farms, great operation. Horse business is a great, is a great business. I mean, sometimes it gets a bad rap, because... You know, people think it's the lifestyle of the rich and famous, but there's a whole lot more to the horse business than that. Uh, it never made me rich and famous. <laughs> so, And it doesn't make a lot of the people that own horse farms rich and famous no. either. No. So, so you're in the, you're in the, you're in the horse business and uh, you, you had your run. Was that before or after you came here to St. John's or right about the same time? There's a long story there. <laughs> We've got uh, but, that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, when I, uh, I think I made reference to a, a lengthy sabbatical earlier. Uh, from the time I, I went to mass the morning I went to center at my home parish, and I went to mass again twelve years later. <laughs> so, um, so center did change you. There was probably some change. Uh, already in me when I when I went there, uh, and it involved being lazy, being sinful, you know, and and uh, I, I got had quite an attraction to sin, and uh, I, I think it's a common occurrence among college kids, uh, at least a lot of the kids that I've talked to. Um, but my life changed when uh, my first son was born. Uh, and in in a moment, in, I mean, in in, a, in in the first time I held him in my hands, I I, I knew that I was uh, ontologically changed. I mean, my my uh, you, uh, my, my nature bingo. was changed. He he said you were going to use big words. Well, I, now not, you got to explain ontological. Well, ontology. I mean, we know what it is, but ontology is the the study of of. The existence of things, and and uh, when I became a father, um, I was fundamentally transformed. I didn't recognize that initially right. as a as a spiritual or a religious transformation, but I did recognize it as um, a, a change in my character. Uh, it uh, kids will do that to you. Yeah, they'll yeah. make you see Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the first time. <laughs> and it wasn't the last either, right? No. <laughs> so they didn't realize that. That's a, that's an interesting part of the story. Yeah. So um, 12 years. Yes. And you had a similar occurrence, right? How long did yours last? 22 years. <laughs> wow. From 12 to 34. You didn't have that, that no. gap. I mean, you were on the water for a while. Yes. But still had. We jumped right in. <laughs> and I didn't have that. I came close. Um, and it was, I mean, to tie into something that you said, Dan, and I, and I think it, it's a, it is a common current, occurrence. It's laziness, right? That's part of it. Yeah. I, th- I think, really, I think I, I see it a lot with uh, parents that have young kids. They don't want to. They don't want to fight the fight. They don't want to have that battle in church, and it's 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 hard. I mean, it really is hard, and I think it takes it takes discipline. I mean, to be Catholic takes discipline mm-hmm. in general. You know, 
Um, so I agree with you. Discipline's a. So you had your son, and you didn't wake up and say, hey, "I'm going to be disciplined today." You 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 had this change. You saw this I, life for him. You knew you were, were going to be responsible for him, which happens, right? I mean, sure. a lot of people that leave the church when their kids come along, you want to instill something in them. Yeah. So my uh, my reaction to the realization that that God might be calling me to something different was to become Methodist. Uh, I was a Methodist for about two years, and, and I loved being a Methodist. And, and I loved being a Methodist because of the people who were in the Methodist church. They were, they were good, solid people who taught me to love Jesus. And I'm not sure I ever made that direct connection before. That, and the connection was that that uh, the the goodness and the beauty that we see in the world are intimately tied to Jesus Christ, and and I saw that from them. Uh, but but I could never escape my Catholic identity. You so know? It, it wasn't a, a doctrinal thing. It was oh, a, not, not it, was, it was a people thing. Yeah, basically. Had, basically. Yeah. Which I always say that's what makes a parish a parish or a church a church is the people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would you would you agree with that? Oh yeah, very much. You've been at how many different parishes? Six. All very different, right? Oh yeah, beyond different. <laughs> if it mind himself, <laughs> <laughs> he's at six. He church shops a lot. This is six <laughs> parishes. <laughs> I haven't been at six parishes. <laughs> I haven't either. So, do you have a problem, Father? You'd like to talk to us about? <laughs> <laughs> So you you became a Methodist, ne- never officially. That's well, they don't they don't do rebaptism, do they? <laughs> they they don't, but they, they don't. but they do church membership. You know, you you, you got to sign up. Yeah, you do. And I never did that. Is that blood or something? Is that a little... nothing as dramatic as that? Right, but but uh, to pay you a visit. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I I I I don't know how that works. I mean, if if you wanted to go join the Methodist Church today, and you're Catholic, I'm assuming they'll let you in. Right? It, it it would take about 15 minutes. Uh, and do you have to write a check? <laughs> yeah, that's usually an important part of it. <laughs> and what about the Anglican Church? Can you can we go right into the Anglican Church too? I'm not I'm not uh, folks. I'm not saying I want people to leave the Catholic Church to go to these churches. I'm just you know conversation. You know, to go to the Baptist Church, you have to be rebaptized, right? They, most Baptist churches would. Would re-bap- they won't, wouldn't recognize it as rebaptism, but they would baptize you again if they found out you're Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but just that, you know, that's another discussion for another day. But and yet, you'd still be Catholic. Hey, once you're Catholic, <laughs> you're always Catholic. So you found that out. You you never you knew yeah. that from the beginning. Well, I I'm not sure I made that connection substantially, yeah. but but it was there. Right. You know, um, it came to a head at a. At a Holy Thursday service, a Methodist Holy Sir, Holy Thursday service that I went to, and the the preacher said, uh, expounding on uh, the institution narrative, and I think it was Matthew's Gospel. Did not Jesus hold up the bread and say, "This is a symbol of my body"? <laughs> he used the word "symbol." Yeah, he, he did, and inserted. <laughs> and, Which and translation I, of the Bible was he looking at? Well, it it, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, because that's not what it says. And, and that caused me to rethink this whole thing that I was doing and ultimately move back into the Catholic Church. 
Here's another interesting fact. I don't know if y'all have picked up on it or not. Dan is the second person to sit in that chair that had a conversion on Holy Thursday. Mr. Bill Wren mm-hmm. had the same thing happen. He was at a Catholic church and had had a revelation. Um, so interesting, Holy Thursday. And you remember it. Oh, clear as day. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. So, so then what happened? Then what did you do? Um, I reexamined my Catholic past with great intensity. I, I mean, I really, um, I, I studied Roman Catholicism. I, I am a good studier. I, 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 I was good in school. Trust me, we know that. About well, you. That, that's. The, <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I really. Well, I mean, we do, and I, I mean, and that, I mean that with all respect, because you know, the amount of information that that you have when it comes to the RCI and how much you impart to people, there's that's hard to do, and, and it's a gift that you have, and and I respect you for it. So I well, I didn't mean you. that disrespectfully. But, I meant it with all but, due respect. Okay, well, thank you for that. I think. Yes. So, but let me buy you a beer. <laughs> but I, um, I really threw myself into it, and you know, I still have shelves of books that I got at that particular time that that I read and processed and, and embraced, and I came to a point in my life where, I, boy, I, I knew a lot about the faith, but I couldn't say that I had much faith. Um, Faith as a, a subjective, internal thing. That's, um, a, that's interesting. Explain that. Well, um, you, you can you can know all kinds of baseball statistics, you know, and and, and I know a few. Believe me. So, um, but we're not playing baseball this year. But um, that doesn't mean that I know how to play baseball well i would counter that you do know how to play baseball that doesn't mean you you're good at playing baseball well that's probably the distinction i'm trying to make okay. here uh yeah but you but, were you just told us though that you you had an epiphany i'm gonna use the word epiphany because like is that a good description sure. an epiphany at the methodist church yeah I had to do something to your faith i mean it's not just hey that guy's wrong he said something that's wrong let me let me go make sure that he's wrong. Is that kind of what it was? Uh, it, it, it wasn't that strong a reaction. Okay. It's the, the reaction was that he's wrong. How much more is he wrong about? Ah, okay. Uh, and, and that's what, that's so what you, pushed me on this. So you went on a quest for knowledge. And you wanted, uh, Basically, yeah. But it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a faith journey, though, at that point. Uh, not much. Okay. I, I mean, so there, all, there had to have been in faith all this involved. reading and studying. Is everything coming up Catholic? I don't. I don't think I studied much other than Catholic. So, um, you, you know, in the in the mid '80s, in the church, at least in the American church, uh, was very strong on apologetics, uh, very strong on defending the faith. This this is when. Just right after Vatican II, right? So there's, there's yeah, but but this is this is when Scott Hahn started to become popular, and 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 you know what kind of effect that that he had on the the trajectory of the of the American Catholic Church, and that's that's kind of where I was. Interesting, interesting. So you've got all these books, 
you know, I've got to ask the question, if somebody's in that same position as you are and what's the one book they should read? And don't say the Bible. Well, <laughs> Beat you to it. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the book? Kathy Podummy. <laughs> I've, I've got that. Father uh, Tradilio or something like that? No, I, I would say Scott Hahn. Um, Anything or? Well, particularly Rome, Sweet, Sweet Rome. Rome, which was uh, enlightening to me because it it showed me that there were Catholics out there who who were excited about their faith, excited as any Methodist I'd ever met, but who were far more um, intellectual about it. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's, to me, that's the the reason that was good is because what had happened coming out of Vatican too, because, you know, we all went to Catholic schools. Except me. You were, you went to the seminary. <laughs> that counts. But coming, coming out of, coming out of school, you know, we had a lot of nuns, you know, and we, we were really, for me, I mean, y'all can disagree with this, but I think we were taught doctrine, but we weren't taught faith. And that, that could be. If you were taught doctrine, you were taught more than I was. Well, we were. When t- I was in my twenties, I could not tell you one thing the Catholic Church taught. But let me let me let me rephrase it. We were taught what the church believed, but we weren't taught what it meant. Okay, like, you know, you go to church on Sunday. We were taught these rules. And the nuns were really good at, the sisters were really good at imparting the rules, but there wasn't a lot of theology behind the rules. Does that make sense? And I think at at that point, I think people are starving. I mean, as, as, as that generation of folks got to be older and, you know, obviously if they if they stayed in the church, it was an important part of their lives. And there becomes this, this vacuum really for to set your fire, your faith on fire, really, you know, and, and he Scott Hahn was able to do that. Yeah, and and he's not the only one. There there were there were dozens of Catholic apologists at that time. Uh, he just stands out as uh, the best of a lot of good people. Rome, sweet Rome. Haven't read it. So I should read it. Yeah, Scott and Kimberly. It gives his wife's conversion, which wasn't this quite the same as he is to Scott and Kimberly Hahn's conversion story. Interesting. So then what happened? Um, I, I got involved at uh, what was then St. John's. It wasn't St. Francis and John's then. <clears throat> and I uh, got in, involved with a uh, truly bizarre pastor, Father Lee Trimber. I, I, I don't know if you – yeah, you, you met Father Lee, I'm sure. Of course I know Father Lee. Yeah. He buried uh, in my garment. Oh, okay. Well, it, but, but Father Lee – Really touched me. Uh, yeah, because it, of uh, uh, bourbon. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, he, he 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 got you to marry him, uh, Mary, right? Yeah, he, he, did. he he did a marriage arrangement for both of them. Okay, that that sounds like an interesting story. That's uh, <laughs> is that it? Is that, no, that's the story? No, no, that's not the story. Okay, what he what he did to enkindle my faith was insist that I go on a Curcio retreat. And in in terms of my faith life, that made all the difference in the world, and that that happened thirty two years ago. Wow! 
And and the things that I learned on that weekend are still an important part of my life every day. Curcio. So we'll put that in the show notes because I know you've been after me for a long time. Have you done Curcio? He's been bugging me for years. I mean, I've been in this parish 20 <laughs> years, and I think he was sitting behind me in mass every twice a year saying, hey. Are you ready for your Curcio? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's coming soon. But it's going to be COVID version. I want the real version. Right. I want the COVID version. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> but it will be held in Louisville this year. Um, you know, the, the diocese no longer has an affiliation with uh, Cliffview. Cliffview, yes. They're so lease, we're, leasing it out. Co- then we're going to do it at the Flaget Center. Oh, that's good. In, in Louisville. That's uh Flaget, which was the original Catholic boys' Catholic high school in Louisville. No, right? St. X was. Yes. Okay. So, dang on it. Flaget I, was an old one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, the Flaget Center is housed in the old Angela Marisi High School. Okay. So, which I, I don't think it is anymore. I, I think it is. Hmm. It just seems like a few weeks ago somebody told me it wasn't. Um, well, Angela Marisi and Bishop David combined to form Holy Cross. Holy Cross, yeah. yeah. So, so you 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 had this Curcio uh, epiphany. You had a lot. You've had lots of epiphanies in your life. Uh, we'll we'll call them a revel, call it a revelation. A revelation instead of an epiphany. Okay. But it but it was an epiphany. <laughs> and and so do you obviously recommend uh, Curcio to everybody. Yes, I think it's well worth it. it it provides you with a, a method of uh, maintaining your faith and, and your faith commitment. Um, it uh, it provides you inspiration. Um, there there you know there are so many positives that that, that I took from Curcio, and the strongest positive is a uh, you know thirty two years of the well, friends that I've gained through the movement, and um, they're, they're just exceptional. I think that's one of the most important things about the Catholic faith. I touched on it a little earlier is the community aspect of it. That's another <clears throat> community, right? But yeah. it's, I mean, it's hard to be uh, in this in this culture. It's it's hard to be a person that that's faith faithful. For a long time, because the culture tries to mm-hmm. to keep you from doing that, and it sounds like Curcio is a uh, is a way to maybe strengthen that bond. Uh, I definitely think so. We've had a lot of people in this parish uh, make a Curcio weekend, okay. and I I haven't heard anyone say that it. You know, they wish they hadn't. That but, might be just a because you don't let them come back sp- if they're going to say that. Spare my feelings. <laughs> right. so. I'm just kidding, Dan. You know. You and I have had these conversations a long time, and yeah. it's, you know, I think it'll happen eventually. I'll do it when Dallas does it. How about that? Hey, if we could get Dallas to be a Knight of Columbus, then that would be the trigger for Curcio. We got any shot at that? Not at the moment. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Curcio prepare you for your work as a RCIA coordinator? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that it, it gave me any individual skills, um, but it did give me a heart for it, uh, a heart for, for explaining the faith to people through the, through the lens of Jesus' love for us. 
and and I think that that's the key. So RCIA comes along. You took over for you, you took over when Father Lincoln, <clears throat> roughly, approximately. Yeah, I had been involved in RCA with Father Lee and with Father John List. Right. Um, although, um, briefly with Father John. But but I remember the I remember the RCA with at the end there with Father John. Oh, I remember when I came. <laughs> I don't want Dad to remember that. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. When I came, and they all look at me and say, "So when we do RCA, Father?" I say, "What do you mean we?" <laughs> it's like I lay it down and say, "You in charge? Get busy." <laughs> yeah, basically that's it, and and it's been that way ever since. Yep. Yeah the uh, the RCIA team is exceptional, and it's a good team. I think uh, I uh, I would be remiss in not mentioning that, and I would be remiss in not emphasizing that uh, the. We we have six people on the team now. We we've had more, right? But right now we have six who are completely committed to it, uh, and and who are willing to share their faith and their relationship with God. And which is is sometimes hard to get people to do that, right? It because it's, 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 it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So these people aren't uncomfortable with it at all. Um, the. Their love of Jesus is so strong that they've they've succeeded in changing people. We we get people coming into RCIA for the wrong reasons. Uh, it it's not to further a relationship with God. You know, it might be to further a relationship with a spouse. Or yes, something. right. And it's been my experience that those those are the the reasons that people come to RCIA that are the the, the least powerful. Uh, although I would hesitate to criticize the Holy Spirit with any method that he would use. Uh, hard hard but, to criticize the Holy Spirit. But I think, oh, I, I have. So. <laughs> Don't make it a habit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but the, the people on this team change hearts. They they really do. Uh, you, know, you, you know Elaine Raby. Sure. I've, I've never known anyone who has... A heart for Jesus the way that she does. Sanctifying. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to use that because she gets really uncomfortable when you say that. But she, she's probably not listening. So we there's don't. a there's a sanctity uh, about Elaine that that is is you know, deep, draws deep, people in. Deep, deep, deep faith, no doubt. The invisible as soon as you meet her, really. Um, no, it's a good team. And it she's, is. She's been on there for a long time with you. Richard's been on there a long time with you. Richard Hamilton does an exceptional job. Um, uh, Andy Pungratz does does more work than anybody. Uh, Pat Galvin is is probably the most gifted teacher that I've ever been around. Uh, and he's a recent. I mean, he's probably the newest Catholic on the team, right? No, no, no. no. He's he was no. born Catholic. He's a revert. Oh, he's a revert. Yeah. Um, Might be a good and, way to get uh, on the show. Well, Louise McClung. Um, he's she's the newest member of the team, but she does an extraordinary job too. So it, this is a it's a good bunch, and we really really appreciate. It. Of course, Father Lynn shows up every once in a while. Um, 
can messes things up. Uh, as to uh, <laughs> you showed up every once in a while, Dallas. You've been there a time or two, so we we uh, we love your input. Well, I mean, you know, I was uh, I had uh, a whole season of RCIA once when I was uh, the godfather of a, a young man about daughter was dating at the time uh and it you know my my take on rcia from that perspective was so i don't know how many years ago that would have been that would have been six or seven maybe eight years ago uh before it was pre-diaconate yeah okay so i thought i knew everything about the catholic church and you know i was i was pleasantly surprised at how much i didn't know and you know, to me, I think that's that's a testament to the to the program, but it's also a testament to the faith, right? I mean, the faith is a very dynamic faith. It it meets you where you're at in yeah. your life, and you know, sure. some of the things that I learned going through that season, I'm going to call it a season of RCA, uh, versus what I learned through K K to twelve Catholic education. I probably learned a lot of the same things, but it, it hit me in a different perspective yep. based on where I'm at in my life, right? And so you probably see that all the time in RCI, right? Uh, not not so much with Catholics who come in to observe or to, to, to assist, but, but certainly with the individuals who uh, come in for full communion with the church. I, th- I think every every practicing Catholic should be... <clears throat> should go through RCIA as a sponsor or as an observer or or something. I, I think it's that it's that rev, it can be that revealing to people. Don't you think so? Oh yeah. Do you think that? Yeah. And you're always looking for sponsors, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, we uh sponsors are hard to come by. Uh most sponsors or most people <clears throat> excuse me are unwilling to 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 make that effort to to walk with somebody for it, it takes it's a, a long time. Yeah, it takes a, a long time. Commitment. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, this this current culture doesn't like to make commitments either, right? We don't. We want everything today, and we don't like to make a commitment that goes beyond today. So it's it's tough. But yeah. I mean, and that's again going back to to discipline. That's one of the things I think that I like about the Catholic Church, and and I think you have to just embrace that part of it. So I don't mind being a sponsor. It was fun. It was good. It was good. It was good for me spiritually. It was good yeah. for me. And I, and I think most sponsors who who commit to that can say probably could probably say the same thing. I think you're right. So, so what do we need to know about Dan that we don't know? How about that? I wrote that down. Um, that you haven't told us already. I really miss baseball. <laughs> I was telling you that the other day. Th- there's a lot of us in the studio that really miss baseball. <laughs> yeah, particularly. You, you're not uh, a big baseball fan, but golf. Other, all of the rest hey, of us are. golf is this weekend. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't miss golf. <laughs> a PGA Tour? There'd probably be good ratings, but uh, Steve France over here was telling us that July 17th? 16th. July 16th, maybe they'll play baseball. Fans and fans go. Uh, I think we'll be watching on TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be in Arizona, right? Arizona or something like that. They're going to do it in the spring training area to segregate them. So I miss baseball too. Yeah, I really do. What's your team? The Reds. Over there. Reds. Back here. 
Tigers. Oh, I'm a Dodger fan. If you had to pick a baseball team, Father, which, who would you pick? Reds. Reds. Ah, I know why you do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, tell us who we should have on the show. Well, let me think for a minute. Okay, think about it for a second. Uh, because this is the point in the time of the show. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you – we're going to do Saint of the Day, okay? And uh, at the end of the Saint of the Day, we're going to come back to you, and you get to tell us okay. who uh, who you think would make a good guest. Could be a parishioner. Maybe you'll say Scott Hahn. Father Lynn said he could get Scott Hahn. Scott Hahn has – or Father Lynn has a very – Checkered opinion of Scott Hahn, but he said he could get him. I, I've he heard did. his opinion before, man. <laughs> but he did say it. Remember the other day we were talking about it with uh, I don't know if it was with Gus Lloyd or with uh, Rocco Pomo, but whoever you said you want Scott Hahn, I get you Scott Hahn. Cost some money, yeah. If you, if you got enough money, you can get Scott Hahn. Well, I'm not asking him to come here. I'm just asking him to call in to call in. Yeah, I just oh, want to talk okay. to him for a few it's minutes. Always, it's always yeah, possible. I should have to pay for that. Yes. I still have a request into the Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. Carl Anderson, who's it's re- called, he's retiring. Has he replied yet? No, he hasn't re- replied, but he's retiring. So we're getting a new Supreme Knight. Tom Johnson just told us that last night. So Tom Johnson? No, Tom Johnson is not going to be the Supreme Knight. He's on his way to uh, to be the Supreme, or sorry, the state state deputy. State probably, deputy. Probably. So today's Saint of the Day um, is Saint Rumalod. So here's the Saint of the Day. Maybe. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for June 19th. Today we celebrate Saint Romuald. After Romuald. a wasted youth, Romuald saw his father kill a relative in a duel over property. In horror, Romuald fled to a monastery near Ravenna in Italy. He founded monasteries and hermitages throughout Italy in the early 11th century. During part of his life, he suffered great spiritual dryness. One day as he was praying, Romuald experienced a deep sense of God's presence, which never left him. His reinvigorated faith helped him immensely when he was wrongly accused of a scandalous crime. Amazingly, his fellow monks believed the charges. Romuald was given a severe penance, forbidden to offer mass, and excommunicated. He endured his unjust sentence in silence for six months. At the Campus Mondoli Monastery that he founded in Tuscany, Romuald began the Camaldolese Benedictine Order, which united the monastic and hermetic traditions. Eventually, Romuald's father became a monk as well, regularly turning to his son for the courage to remain faithful. Romuald died in 1027. He is often depicted in art with his fingers to his lips, requesting silence. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. I I still can't pronounce it. Romuald. Romwald. Romwald. How'd you like to name your kid that? <laughs> That'd be good for b- baptism. St. Romwald. Pray for uh, us. A confirmation saint. Oh, it would be. It would be a good one. Remember to keep silent. <laughs> Shh. Be a good good patron saint of teachers. <laughs> All right, Dan, we're back. Who do you think would be a good guest? I'm, I'm going to give you some names. Oh, he's going to give us... Some names. I'm glad this is being uh, recorded. I don't have to write it down. Uh, Lewis and Zipporah Tyler and their children Mia 
Liam, Eli, and Lily. We need a bigger studio. <laughs> we need more microphones. How old are they? Are they are they coming into the church? Is that who's coming to the church? They they've been members. They've of been the members of the church. Yeah. They are an extraordinary witness to the importance of family in the Catholic Church. Would I know them first? Do you know? Do you? What mass they go to? Eight thirty. Okay. And uh, would I recognize them? Yes. Pro- probably. Yeah. Okay. Probably. The family have a a kid look like Asian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I know he, he hearing aids. Yes, yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. He he, is. he gives me a fist bump. Well, he used to give me a fist bump, but then he'd blow it up. Every mess. That's him. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good family. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I haven't talked to him a whole lot just in, in church, but uh, okay. Um, you you can find Zipporah at uh, benediction or uh, adoration on a regular basis. Uh, Lewis sometimes, but but see. Uh, more so, uh, their Mia is uh, sixteen or seventeen years old. Yep. Uh, confirmation sponsor, member of the the Fiat yeah. team. Um, wow. Governor scholar. Um, That's impressive uh, by itself. You know, she she embraced the Catholic faith. Um, they're they're uh, they're a powerful witness. They really are. All right. That's a new – my new favorite question is you got to tell us who we should be talking to. So, so Dan, we thank you for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Most people wouldn't. So, uh, I think you got a, you had a good story. I learned a lot about you. And that's really what we're trying to do here is is let people learn a little bit about people that they see a lot. Okay. At mass or whatever. But – that have a story and to get to know a little bit different side of you. And then obviously the RCI part is, uh, is, is a crucial part, which kind of leads us to next week. We're going to bring uh, two people in at the same time uh, who people see on a regular basis. And we want them to learn a little bit more about them. Catherine Coleman and uh, Denise Whittington, the new music lady director of music. So we're going to have them here next week. Uh, of course, Catherine went through RCIA. Oh. And Denise could have came as, into the church last year. As did Denise. Yeah. As well so, Denise. So I think that they'll have a, a pretty good uh, faith story. They're, you know, obviously they're very active in the music ministry. Catherine's also very active in the youth ministry, right? Both taught in the school because mm-hmm. Denise is kind of is teaching in the school now, and Catherine was teaching in the school. Uh, so I think it should be it'll be a good should be exciting, and uh, we are going to move out of here because. You know, it might get a little crowded in here. We're going to go go work in the chapel. You think it'll be all right if we shot in the chapel next Friday night? So that should be fun. Uh, plan is right now, I think, to be live. That subject to change. So, you know, what live means is you can ask questions. So tune in. Uh, the next week is the 4th of July week weekend, and we will not be having a show that weekend. So uh, these guys get a get a long long break everybody's excited about that uh except sorry i'll be gone that weekend but you all have mass with the bishop congratulations <laughs> so <laughs> um and in three weeks uh lavinia spirito founder of catholic way bible study will be joining us so you know lavinia i do yep. super person great person uh i'm excited about that should be a great uh, great discussion she's going to join us remotely um 
So as, as Dan just gave us an idea of some guests, uh, if uh, you, the listeners or watchers, if you all have any ideas, uh, let us know. You know, so you know somebody's got a good face story, just like Dan said. Um, let us know who that is. If you have know somebody that uh, you think has a, a non-face story, maybe it's how they impact the community or how they, you know, something about their job that, that has, has to have some type of uh, faith connection. But, you know, just a story. Uh, let us know about it. You guys are awful quiet tonight. What are y'all thinking over there? We had all with Dan. So oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> take it all Dan, in. Yeah, he just put us in all. <laughs> and so if you want to be a sponsor of not this show, but a sponsor of RCIA. Or this show. Or this show. If you want to be a sponsor of the show, send cash. <laughs> well, don't send cash because it'll never get to us. <laughs> right, Father? It wouldn't get through the office to us. <laughs> but if you know somebody wants to be a sponsor... Dan, yeah. Dan, your your contact information is on the bulletin. It Dan, is the man. Dan is the man. Uh, great experience. I think it, it would help uh, if you're uh, want to contribute. Find a way to contribute. You haven't been sure how to serve the parish. That's a great way to serve, and you will make a connection that will probably last a lifetime. It will. Yep. So, any final thoughts, guys? Nope. Come to church. Come to church Sunday. Sunday, ten thirty. Ten thirty. Pray for no rain. This will be our fifth 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 outside mass uh, just on that subject uh, we've, we've gotten pretty good at drive up communion uh, so it's time to change it right right so not this week but the week of the tw- the weekend of the 29th, 29th uh, we will try a new communion protocol right so more te- more details of that will be coming it'll be walk up communion walk up communion and uh, should try to get us back to one step more to normal we'll Still be outside, but maybe you'll feel a little bit more comfortable uh, with that. Uh, and we will also continue to have drive-up communion after the Mass for those people that don't feel safe coming to Mass. Correct. Uh, so that'll still be an option for you. So we, we appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. As always, make sure you hit the like button on Facebook. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe and please leave a comment. Only if it's nice, though. We don't like bad comments. But if you have suggestions, you can leave those. If you're listening on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast site, please hit the subscribe button. And if you're so inclined, please give us a rating or review on that app. As I said last week, we're still looking for volunteers. Look for something out in the uh, bulletin in the next couple weeks. I hope to get that uh, tuned in. So we need somebody to help us with our social media presence. But most important, tell your friends to tune in and listen. Spread the word about this show. Comments are not only necessary, but they're encouraged as they help us spread the faith of Jesus Christ and his church. Father Lynn, would you do us the honor and well, give us your blessing? May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And until next week, I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Lynn. And who are you? I'm Dan Elliott. And he's Dan Elliott. And we like it. Thanks, Dan. Good night, everybody. Good night. Why spend too much time just getting ready? Let me be honest. I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to make you notice me.